I don't know if you guys have played anything new. I just put not words in the title, but I might change it for the actual post if there's anything. Is that a game? It is a game called not words. I'm going to tell you about it in okay. just a little bit here. So, I have yeah, no, I've barely played anything at all, honestly. Okay. Yeah. For, I we're mean, we're in for here. a great episode. Yeah, we are. Well, I'm well, hoping it doesn't take as long as last time, or I'm just going to leave. There's a lot of news. To <laughs> okay. Well, it, you know what? It can take zero minutes of your time if you just don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> well, no, but that that was a side quest shouldn't be twice as long as your episode. I mean, yeah, That's probably not. But then again, you shouldn't like go to listen to like 30 albums to talk about in like exactly. a half an hour thing. So, you know. We could have done that differently. Yeah, and that's we, why we approached we that, that a little bit wrong. You know, it so, was our first time playing Discog Elysium. And, uh, you know, now, it's, like the, we've gone, it's like the first Film Nerds episode was like six hours long, you know? Yes, it was. Absolutely. Yeah, we talked about like 50 Batman movies. But anyway. Exactly. Uh, we've recalculated in the other direction where we didn't even pick a topic to talk about in this week's side quest. So I'm sure it will be very short. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast, your personal echo chamber of hating everything, liking nothing. I'm your host, John. Here with me today today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. You can use all that as a cold open. It'll be funny. Alex has been playing a bunch of games in his quest to play everything before his baby arrives. Before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, Alan K, Dave Steele, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. As Alex mentioned in the cold open, we don't know what we're going to talk about on our next Side Quest, except we had ideas. We had a few ideas. We threw around some Mars Volta. We threw around... Me watching Spider-Man, and then Brian never brought me the movie, so I couldn't. Um, <laughs> and then they wanted me to binge Ozark, but instead I've been watching Better Call Saul. So, no. Like, you don't get Ozark. I, Sorry. Also, we can talk about that. We we can slightly return to pop, because John and I drank the Pixel Coke. So we did. I'm sure we'll touch on that. Because it's zero sugar. And if you're watching on Twitch, I keep picking my nose, because my allergies are going crazy. So... um. Yeah, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your Amazon Prime free subscription that they give you once a month to give us a little bit of extra cash on the side. It doesn't cost you anything more than your $150 a year Prime subscription, but you get an extra $3 a month to give us or whatever. I don't know. two fifty. We get $250, but they call it 5 Yeah. Because Bezos tax. I don't know. <laughs> The Jeff tax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. On uh, Horror Movie Yearbook, they talked about the 1997 film Wishmaster, so please go check that out. That came out this past Friday. And then next time on, so not this Friday when there will be a new Tiny Terror out, uh, what was it about? I think it was about uh, Sexy Fruit. I don't know. It's, I'm sorry, what? 
So the funny thing is Tim sends me, like, he lets me know when they have a tiny tear that he's, like, uploaded and it's scheduled so that I can put it on the Patreon for people early. Yeah. And he, um, so usually I don't listen to them off of the Patreon because I don't have the RSS feed. I'm, I'm signed into my personal Patreon account on my phone. Yeah. So it's hard for me to listen to any tiny tears or honor rolls early because they're not. I don't have access to that feed because I'm not a Patreon. I'm not a patron of my own Patreon, of our own Patreon. So <laughs> basically, I get like the brief synopsis that Tim writes up on horrormovieyearbook.com and the title of the episode. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure the title of the Tiny Terror this week, let me, let me just, we'll do a quick preview here that I can, I just want to make sure I'll block Brian on the video feed while I'm looking this up. And of course, <laughs> the not going to be easy for me to log in here i just want i don't want to get it wrong so the the tiny terror that will be out this friday is titled sexy fruit and it says here nikki joins us to talk about sexy and unsexy fruit preview motor city comic-con 2022 and we give our non-spoiler thoughts on dr strange and the multiverse of madness i'm like really curious what qualifies as a non-sexy fruit that's exactly what i wanted to know and so i like i feel like i feel like a plum is kind of a sexy fruit but like a fig is not really no is a plum riding off of just the the fucking eggplant like sexiness like well I don't plums know. are more like peach shaped but like eggplant colored you know so they're yeah. kind of sexy you know dark and mysterious if you really loved ursula we should have we should they should have brought us in on this man because yeah, i want to yeah. talk about it maybe it'll be a conversation so i'll we'll we'll listen to the yeah. tiny terror this Friday. anyway after the tiny terror <laughs> out this friday so the following friday i believe it'll be the 27th uh, they're going to talk about Doom, the film starring Carl Urban and Dwayne The Rock Johnson, based on the video game Doom. So please check <laughs> Very that loosely. Out. Yeah. Uh, please That's check before that he out. dropped The Rock from his name, right? Like he I was still Dwayne so. The Rock Johnson. I believe so, yes. So, uh, yeah, please check that out on Horror Movie or Book, coming soon to a podcatcher near you. Doom. Tight. That's all I got. Oh man, I've been playing a little more. I've been chiseling away at Elden Ring every little bit that I get, yeah. just trying to like you know do mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, I still like I I haven't because of my new dietary constraints. I don't have a ton of energy. I'm trying to solve that problem. So I've been going to bed a lot earlier than I really want to, and that's normally when I would be playing more games, but. Um, that game's still great. It's like they're they're calling it game of the year, like every publication is right now. Well, after after some of the news that came out about delays, I don't think there's any other clear contenders in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's gonna be by default, I think. Uh, even though it would earn it on its own. Yeah, but, it's still yeah. fantastic, you know. So yeah. I mean, her- how's Horizon stack up to it? I don't really know. I haven't played Horizon, yeah, it would, but it'd be in the conversation, I think. But yeah, I think I think Elden Ring has been such a runaway hit beyond what any other From Software game has ever been that it's pretty much a shoe in. Yeah, it's it's um, pretty great. And what, I haven't do, do you 
Go ahead. I was going to say, do you even know like where you are in the grant? Like how far away you might be from finishing it? Are oh, you I can I can finish, finish the game. You're... I've I've killed three of the main bosses, and you only need to kill two of them to fight the last boss. Um, I've killed three of them. I've uncovered the majority of the map except for like the upward icy mountains area and the area where um, Flame Manor is or whatever. Okay. Okay. I haven't unlocked those like I don't have the maps of those areas yet um I just like I keep I keep going jumping in and just finding like I've been marking with the map markers the different dungeons that I've cleared so mm-hmm. I don't go back to them thinking I haven't cleared them yet and then I just try to find ones that I haven't cleared and go into those and and like see if I can tackle whatever the boss is in them and if they're if it's anything in the first area of the of the world map, then I'm pretty solid. Like I can destroy most of those things. If it's anything in the second area, like the Lyurnia of the Lakes or whatever area, mm-hmm. they're a little bit harder. And anything beyond that, like further north, is next to impossible. So <laughs> that's the thing with me. I feel like I lose my motivation to play that game as soon as I start running into things that are well matched to my level. I just like trying I to like, find like I, I look off in the distance and I'm like, OK, that looks like something I haven't been to yet. And then I try to find the way to get there. And then in the process of doing that, I end up finding like a million other things that I haven't done yet or like places I haven't like uncovered and things, you know, different ruins or whatever. Fighting enemies that I didn't know were there, you know, yeah. so but yeah, yeah I, it's I, I, uh I, man, what a what a game like what it just keeps it, it keeps you know, tapping me on the shoulder and being like, hey, come on and take a little look-see and see what I, mm-hmm. we got for you. And then now yeah, there's, they're talking possible DLC for it. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, I think Paul Tassie just wrote an article about it in, in uh, whatever, what's he in, Forbes? Forbes? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I'm like, I'm getting to the point where I need to be done with it, otherwise I will not finish it. So I think I'm going to... <laughs> try to just critical path whatever i need to do to finish and then maybe when there's dlc i'll come back and do more because there's a lot of the game that i still haven't seen even with like 91 hours in it but or 90 whatever hours there's a lot of quests and things i didn't bother with so um like i don't think i've finished any of like the lost city of nakron and i don't think i've finished like i know um what's that underworld called why can't I think of it? Siofra River. Yeah, Siofra River. I haven't, like, there's the two, like, mystic beasts that are there. I haven't mm. killed either of them because I'm missing one torch for each of them in order yeah, to, like, yeah. reanimate them. So I haven't done that yet. There's, I, there's, it's just, like, there are certain areas where I know I haven't f- completed it, but I'm so close. And, like, there's that, that, like, uh, that poison rot castle that's like in like heading towards um the flame manor or whatever it's called yeah that's down in like the valley there as you're crossing the bridge like i basically cleared out that entire castle except for the boss because i was like i don't think i can beat him yet this was hard enough as it was like <laughs> so yeah but yeah mm, it's such a, a such a good game man i could talk about it for days and uh yeah. Yeah, me too. No, not yet. I'll get to it. I feel like it still yeah. hasn't like sunk its teeth in you yet. I don't know. No, well, the problem was it kind of started to, and then I got that racing wheel in Gran Turismo 7, 
and I wanted to play Gran Turismo 7, and that is also on a disc, and <laughs> I don't feel like swapping the games in and out. I know it's really yeah. sad, but it's under my desk, and I gotta, like, climb under there, and it's just kind of a pain. You gotta, like, pull the steering wheel up and shift the column. Well, no. So I mean, that's fine. I move the steering wheel every time now. I'm just messing with you. Although I have to climb under my desk to plug that in too. So I, yeah, yeah, I gotta redo all of my wiring, all my wire man, cord management, and everything. Cable management needs some tweaking. This whole upstairs needs some work. So I messy. cleaned up my basement, and now it's all dirty again. So yeah, that happens. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say it looks really clean. <sighs> I'm still. I'm waiting for more stuff to like to be awesome on the Steam Deck. I feel mm-hmm. like. Because I, I guess that's part of why I'm still enjoying Elden Ring is because I hip hop between like a few different characters, you know, yeah, on the different platforms. But then I haven't touched No Man's Sky since I was playing it like last time we talked, which is kind of a bummer because like I kind of want to get into that to see what the late game stuff is like. But I just I don't know. Takes a while, I guess. And then if I uh, had. I was going to say, if I had a Steam Deck, I would be playing Rogue Legacy 2 on it, because I just do not want to sit in front of my computer ever for some reason, but I would love to play Rogue Legacy 2 on something. Yeah, no, I've considered picking that up just because I saw uh, Jeff Gerstmann from Giant Bomb play it for like an hour on on YouTube, and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I really love the first one, and I think you'd like it a lot too, so, and I assume you can just pick up the second one it's just so. like when i go through like the steam shop or like any any of these other shops and and everything is like roguelite roguelike roguelite <laughs> every game yeah. is apparently roguelite yep and I, what does yep. this even what does this terminology really mean anymore at this point like yeah oh it's roguelite it's... you die and then you start over at the beginning yeah. of the level okay People... so like fucking mega man like <laughs> People, people arguing about the minutia and differences between rogue light and rogue like games is exhausting. So, it's, like, I don't know what either of them mean. I feel like they've yeah. both completely lost their meaning. Pretty much, pretty much. But I'm not even going to try to explain it because I'm sure I'll get it wrong. And then if someone were to ever listen to our podcast, then they would send their first hate mail about me getting it wrong. Yeah, but that's so. yeah. Uh, Rogue Legacy 2 is on my list of things that I want. And then there's a bunch of, like, I keep I keep considering, like, oh, man, like, I should really, like, go back and play some of these JRPGs that I used to play on GameCube because, like, all of the Tales games are on Steam Deck and they all work perfectly, apparently. Yeah. So, like, I don't remember the last, not Tales of Vesperia, but one of the one of the ones that was on GameCube with the character on the front cover who's who's in like a red he's in the dope red uh, costume Symphonia I think yeah Tales that. of Symphonia that one I really want to go back and play that again for some reason and usually it's like five bucks and I'm like why not but then I think about it and I'm like I can't sit through all that dialogue I just can't do <laughs> yeah. it all I that poorly poorly translated dialogue and then I see a game like Tales of Arise which is getting like rave reviews. Mm-hmm. And if I find it really funny that the thumbnail for it says 91% positive reviews. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't indulge anything else. But there apparently there are 9% of reviews are really bad. 
That's a pretty good hit rate, though. But um, who's like who's reviewing it? Like I have, I feel like I haven't heard anyone talk about that game, other than it, you well, brought it up and you were yeah. like, "Hey, this is I getting heard. good reviews." Yeah, but maybe I, you well, just saw the thumbnail and you were like, "Hey, this is ninety-one percent good reviews." Oh uh, yeah, that was the only information that I had. No, I heard some people talking about it. I think both on Waypoint and Giant Bomb, but it came out a while ago at this point, so I don't really think there's a lot of. Uh, I think the conversation has died down a little bit on it. Yeah, but on, on another note, uh, I I own Rogue Legacy too. So if you log in as me and install it on your on your Steam Deck, and then you try to play it as you, you should be able to play it. Okay, I think if if I did that all right, and I don't think I need to log in as you because your games show up in my library. Okay, well if it does in that case, then you should just be able to download it as you and play it. But anyway, yeah, yeah, that's all I have for games. That's what I've been playing. Brian, Brian, you haven't been playing much. According to the beginning of this stream. He's currently farting. <laughs> you know my face as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good old noise cancellation. You'll hear that one later, though. Yeah, it'll be in the wave file, I'm sure. <laughs> right. mm-hmm. um, yeah... A little bit of uh, Gran Turismo, but not much. A um, little bit of Destiny, but not really much. I just kind of play a bit, and then I'm like, I don't feel like finishing all these things on my list of many things to do, because they all kind of feel the same at this point. And I'm just kind of tired of it right now. That's fair. <sighs> yeah. And then... Uh, I don't know. I tried to play Battlefield 2042 since they like patched it and stuff, but then apparently it wiped all my settings and that made me angry and I couldn't get it to run right. So I quit right away. I didn't feel like dialing in the graphic settings to get like good performance again. <clears throat> Bummer. Yeah. And then um a bit of Halo. Season two? Yeah. How's that? Seems fine. I didn't really like the last man standing mode that they added, to be honest. Mm. Not really my style. It's not like a battle royale, really. Yeah, I heard people are not super impressed with season two content. And somebody made the observation on Twitter that 343 is used to making a Halo game where it gets released and then people would potentially play that multiplayer over and over forever on the same several maps. And this game is evol- is is part of a world where that doesn't necessarily fly anymore when things are always changing with Fortnite and there's always new cosmetics and that kind of thing, so Yeah, Apex Legends is very good Apex about that too. Well. Yeah. Um Yeah, I think the thing I actually spent the most time with was uh I finally went back and finished Thimbleweed Park, but it took me like way longer than it probably should have because I yeah, forgot like 6 like, years. <laughs> well, I just forgot where I was in the game though, so like I didn't understand why I had certain inventory items and stuff that would have totally 
clicked for me had I finished it. Yeah. Like whenever it came out years ago. Right. And honestly don't remember why I didn't finish it either. Cause I'm, I was kind of like chugging along on that one because I'm like pretty decent at those types of games. And like, I, I don't know. I must've gotten to a point that I wasn't enjoying like one puzzle I got stuck on or something. And I didn't feel like looking it up cause I'm stubborn. And then, uh, <laughs> guess I just never went back. Yeah, or, you know, something came out for the podcast that you were more yeah interested in trying out. But with uh, Monkey Island, the new Monkey Island coming out some at some point this year, uh, I decided I should finish Thimbleweed Park, since that was like the last Ron Gilbert game that came out that I, well, at least graphic adventure-wise. Um, how, was, how how was that? Was it a satisfying ending? Uh, six, six years later, <laughs> not really. <laughs> I didn't really care for the ending, but the journey to the ending was pretty amusing. There were some pretty funny puzzles and stuff. Uh, there were also some really irritating ones, and I did ultimately cheat a couple times, and it made me sad. But I just wanted to be done. Hmm. Um, and, uh, I will, yeah, that, that thought's gone. Okay. Well, you, you playing Thimbleweed Park six years later has reminded me that, um, there's an achievement in the Stanley Parable for not playing the game for five years and then playing it again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, it made me look open up my Steam to see that I last unlocked an achievement for the game in 2016, so I should be able to start it back up and get the five-year achievement for it. Awesome. Um, so I'll probably do that. I did also buy Ultra Deluxe, but I have not played it yet, because um, once again, I don't want to sit in front of my computer. Uh, also, with a lot of the music talk that we've been doing, I bought Rocksmith. And I bought the peripheral so I can hook my guitar, my bass guitar up to it and maybe learn how to play bass guitar because I don't, I don't know how to play bass. I just know how to play some Chili Pepper songs on bass. That's um, pretty sweet though. Yeah. So I want to try that out. I haven't done it yet though. Um, so hopefully one of these days I can decide to sit in front of my computer. It might be the fact that there's like so much garbage behind me that it's like treacherous to try and sit at the computer that... Maybe I mentally don't want to put myself through that. Um, but yeah, so things I've actually played. Uh, I did check out Iuiden Chronicle Rising, which is out now on Xbox Game Pass for certain. And then I think it's on Steam. It might be on PS4. Um, this is a like mini game or like a spin-off game for a Kickstarter game that was launched by the people who made Suikoden. And so um I of course contributed to that Kickstarter, but this game came out as like a hey, we need something that will make us some money before we put this game out. And um so I played a very brief amount of it, but it seems interesting. It's like a it's kind of side scrollery and the battling is more active 
instead of like turn-based like a normal Suikoden game. Um, okay. So I'm not sure if that's going to stick for the full game or not, if they're doing something closer to like a standard JRPG for Suikoden or for Yuiden Chronicle, but for this little game at least it seems like, uh, you know... I, I, I'm not sure how long it is. I think it's only a couple hours or so. It's not like... I don't even think it's like a $40 game. I think it could be 20 or 30 bucks. Um, But yeah, it is available on Game Pass. People should check it out. If any of those things I mentioned sound interesting to you, like a spiritual successor to Suikoden. Um, but I'm hoping to dive into that more soon. I uh, I bought... Monster Rancher 1 and 2 DX on Switch (laughs) uh, because it was on sale and I was curious about it. That game's hard. Like, I don't know that I ever got a monster to get all the way to S rank. I don't even think I got a monster to, like, D rank, to be honest. I don't think you can do it with just, like, one monster. I think you have to, like, continually be breeding and, like you know, coming up with better monsters. Yeah, I was kind of curious to, like, maybe look into how to do that, because I don't, it's not even necessarily, like, I know you can combine monsters, and, like, there's also a point where they just get old and die, too, and so it's kind of like, I don't know what the optimal path to play through that game is. I was almost going to look up a, uh, a guide to try and figure out, like, what, how do people min-max Monster Rancher, because... I, I I don't think I've ever. <laughs> well, that makes me feel better about looking up solutions to to puzzles. Well, and yeah, but I like I just I want to know. I, that's the thing is I want to know that it's possible to min max it because if it's not possible to min max it, then I don't want to play the game. <laughs> it's like just uh, get your spreadsheets ready, man. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet, but. No, it's interesting, and I think I told you guys a while back. So, for those who don't know, Monster Rancher originally came out on the PS1, and it's a game where it would generate a monster based off of any audio CD that you would put into the PlayStation. So, you'd Mm -hmm. go to a place in the town, you'd activate the shrine or whatever, and then it would be like, okay, open up your PlayStation and put a music CD in. And then you'd do that, and it would read the code on it and then you'd put the monster enter CD back in and then it would summon this monster based off of that disc that you put into the the game. So since that's not possible on a Nintendo Switch or on the PC where this game this remake has been released, I assume it's also on Xbox and PlayStation, but they've made a database of CDs that were out at the time <laughs> and you can just search for them. Or hit a random button and it'll give you a random CD and you can just put that in there and it'll summon a monster. So, of course, the first one I put in was uh, Third Eye Blind self-titled album. How that did was... I know? For the, I knew it. I, in my head, I'm like, it was Third Eye Blind, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> And the, the problem is I, it's been so long since I played that game, I don't remember if it summoned the same thing. Because they did say that they've adjusted what some of the discs will actually summon, but... Yeah, uh, it, uh, I figured it would be. That was a that was a CD that I knew was out at the time that I could throw in there, but uh, it summoned like a just like a random tigery dude, and he's been kind of shitty. So that's why I haven't gotten very far. But anyway, 
graphically, what are we talking? Does it is it just like uprezzed garbage? Oh, it's it's a it's it's a PS one game. It's not <laughs> I can, you can't even call it uprezzed. It's it's just it looks exactly as it did before, just not with CRT scan lines in it. So yeah. Um. But it's it's fun, and I'm curious to maybe break into Monster Rancher 2, because maybe they kind of added more systems that make it a little bit more, like, cohesive, because it's not, it doesn't, the game doesn't cohere well as it currently is. It's like, you summon a monster, you take it back to the ranch, you train it in different ways, and then you go and try and fight with it, and you probably fail those fights because you didn't train it very well. And so, <laughs> there's not, there's not a ton of, like, it doesn't hold your hand very much, but yeah. um, I'm curious if maybe the sequel did. But then uh, the only other thing that I've really been playing a lot of is a game called Not Words, which is out on iOS, Android, and Steam. And uh, there's a lot of people talking about it because it's, number one, it's by a man named Zach Gage, who's put out such games as Spell Tower back in, like, 2011, and um, uh, Really Bad Chess was the name of a game that he put out that people really loved, um, and then Really, or Good Sudoku was the game that I talked about back in 2020 that he made. Um, Zach Gage and Jack Schlesinger. So... Not words is basically a crossword with Sudoku rules. So they give you like a crossword grid and then they draw like outlines around certain sets of squares and then they tell you which letters will be in those squares. They just don't tell you what order they're in. So you're trying to fill in the crossword based off of the fact that you know what letters need to be there. And you're trying to make up words across these different sections that have been sectioned off. So they're not all equal like a Sudoku where it's nine squares of nine squares, basically. Right. It's it's all kind of like like uh, pieced together in different orientations and things. Um, the early ones are, are pretty easy and straightforward, but they start to get pretty complicated. Um but you can download the game for free, at least on iOS and Android. I'm not sure about on Steam. And then basically there's two options for the premium version of it. You can either um, pay $11.99 to unlock it in total, and you'll get access to... They do dailies and things like that that come out. You get access to those archives if you pay $11.99. Or you can subscribe to it for, I think, just a couple bucks a month. But since I bought it, I went for the the eleven ninety nine. I I don't even know how much they were charging for that. Um, but it's fun. Like it's it's just so. There's a couple free puzzles you can get, and you can do the daily things for free as well. Uh, you just can't delve into the archives necessarily. Um, and I've had a lot of fun. You can get hints, and they're actual, like, crossword hints to figure out, like, the full word that's going down. And then that usually gives you little bits and pieces of the smaller subsections that help you figure out uh, what you can do. And you kind of, like, infer by, like, okay, this word is two letters, and that if these two letters are together, they're going to generate a word. And that's only ever going to be, like, the certain Scrabble two-letter words that people know if they're really good at Scrabble, and I'm not one of those people. 
but it's usually like of or to <laughs> or it or is or things like that. And so you can kind of try to be like, well, this is is, then this third square has to be this other third letter that's in this grouping with the is. And then you can kind of keep going from there to fill in the whole grid. And it's just very satisfying. Um, I think they kind of do the New York Times crossword puzzle kind of thing where the dailies get harder as the week goes on. So your okay. Monday, I think, is the easier one. And then your Sunday and Saturday are the hardest. Um, but And there's a bunch of little achievements like being able to finish the daily challenge in under a minute in some cases or... Um, not using hints to do that particular day, that kind of thing. So it's fun. I think people should check it out if they're into crossword type games or Sudoku stuff. Um, and like I said, it's free to try at least. So you don't even have to necessarily pay for it um, if you don't want to. But they make really, Zach Gage and Jack Schlesinger make really high quality mobile games. And, um, you know, check out Spell Tower and and good Sudoku and really bad chess and those games as well. If you if you're looking for a good mobile game, a good toilet game that you can play while you're on the toilet, uh, they they make very good toilet games. I'm always looking for a good general. toilet game. It's also Absolutely. on Steam, apparently. Yeah, I said that at the start of when I was talking about it. Oh yeah, imagine <laughs> that. So uh, yeah. There you go. Not words. Check it out. Um, is there a filter on Steam to only to look at games that are good for the Steam Deck, or can I only do that on the Steam Deck? I think you can only do that on the Steam Deck. That's stupid. Yeah, they should. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they do have that good on deck section, right? Yeah, like you can literally look at the whole store that of games that's good on the Steam Deck, or if you're like looking in the regular store on the Steam Deck, there's an icon that tells you if it's like verified or not. So you can narrow it by deck compatibility. When I went to search, there's a checkbox so you can say only verified or playable. But it Where, doesn't. Uh, where's that on the store? So I, I went to search for something in the store, and on the right side of the screen, you can do. Like oh. the filters that it's got, you can do ver- verified or playable that kind of thing. So, but yeah, no. Um, other than that, uh, a couple months ago there was a buy two get one at Target, and um, I decided to buy six copies of Evil Dead, <laughs> and so I have five of them still. Jesus. In the wrapping, because Tim is the only one who took me up on the offer of buying it. I didn't think you actually did it. I mean, I'll I'll uh, buy one off of you. I did it. If you want it, yeah. So the game is normally $40. I think with the buy two, get one, they all came out to 28 26 or something like that. So if you all guys right. want to try it out, I've got three PS5 copies and two PS4 copies left. I should just <laughs> FedEx one out to Zach and be like, hey, <laughs> let's play. It's cross-platform, right? It is cross-platform play, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and cross, yeah, like completely cross-play. It's not even just PS4, PS5. It's all, all consoles and PC play together. That's awesome. Um, but I've heard it's very Dead by Daylight slash Friday the Thirteenth. Uh oh. Um, yeah. So watch out, John. You don't have. I, it, I from what I heard, it, it's better. Like it's way more polished. So I've heard it's still a little. A little janky, 
but uh i i want to check it out tim tim's been having fun with it and um and uh you know it it from what i've seen i think people like it but they didn't really put out i don't think they put out any preview copies so they haven't been a ton of reviews out yet so um yeah so maybe we'll we'll talk about some evil dead next time if i can get these five wrapped copies at my feet out to people who want to play them <laughs> hell yeah but yeah hmm. i think that's it anybody play anything else no. Right. No. There's Green Man's got news. a massive sale going on right now, so there's a lot of stuff for sale. Yeah. Uh, Green Man and Humble, I think. Humble's been having a lot of sales, too. Well, it's Green Man's birthday sale, I guess. Oh. Well, happy birthday to Green Man Gaming. Uh, May May 16th. Sure. Like, they got Metal Gear Solid 5 for, like, $6. That's awesome. That's a steal. Um, well, let's break into some news. So we've got some, there's a lot of Square Enix news that broke over the last two weeks. One of which came out the day after we recorded, uh, metro.co.uk, uh, reporting that Square Enix lost 200 million on Marvel games. And then also the Avengers are going to transfer to Embracer Group. So, uh... The Embracer Group, for those who don't know, is a large holding company that has bought a lot of other companies, including those like Gearbox, the makers of Borderlands and Tiny Tina's Wonderland. Um, Square Enix just sold $300 million worth of stuff to them, and that includes Tomb Raider and things like Deus Ex. Um, and Embracer Group is funding the new Tomb Raider game that got announced at the Unreal 5 uh, Unreal Engine 5 unveil. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Square Enix is saying they're taking a $200 million loss on Marvel games and they sold all of their Western studios off to the Embracer group. Which is, uh, honestly, $300 million for Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal seems like a fire sale for some reason. A lot of people were wondering why Square would do this. Square said that the deal was so that they could focus on investments in the blockchain, AI, and the cloud. But then I think in financial results uh, that came out since then, they have announced, uh, according to Stephen Totillo, um, that basically they want to strengthen their IP portfolio, create robust IP, including... uh, uh, Cultivate robust IP, including the creation of new IP boost game development capabilities by establishing new studios and doing mergers and acquisitions. They just sold a bunch of stuff off and they want to continue to buy new stuff and make new studios. Um, Mm. And basically they have three other points. Achieve sustained growth through selection and concentration of company resources, better align overseas publishing functions with organization in Tokyo and transform group business portfolio. Um, so yeah, that's a lot of stuff about Square Enix, uh, but one of the things that Embracer Group really touted was that they wanted to make a new Deus Ex game. Brian, how do you feel about that? I feel like that would be great. I would love to play another one of those, especially since the last one kind of ended before it really concluded. <laughs> yeah, there, it seemed like there was going to be a third one coming, and then it didn't sell well, according to Square Enix, because... 
even the game didn't have like a real ending. I felt like it yeah. it just ended abruptly. You you need to sell apparently Final Fantasy VII numbers in order to be successful for Square Enix. So, mm-hmm. um, no, I mean it's it's interesting. I mean, I hope it makes. I hope this sale gives those franchises new life and new, better expectations over in their new ownership. Um, but it's uh, it's kind of strange. It's very strange. Some people were theorizing that maybe Square Enix was slimming down to be purchased by, say, a Sony. Um, but others have also pointed out that Square Enix's Japanese RPG offerings have been selling extremely well on Switch. So, um, whether or not Sony would purchase them and still let them do that is uh, yet to be seen. So, the other thing is, like, what's really weird is I feel like there's a lot of people talking about Embracer Group. Um, And I'm going to look up here because I believe they've also purchased things like Dark Horse Comics. And Asmodee, the makers of a lot of pretty popular board games at this point. Um, yeah, they started with like Nordic games and then they picked up some of the THQ stuff that kind of spun out. So they've also got... Um, yeah, so they own all of Gearbox at this point. They've got Deep Silver under their belt, which includes... Um, all kinds of different IPs like uh, I'm here. Oh, there's a lot of stuff that Deep Silver's made. But anyway, Embracer Group is just like sucking up all of these different companies. Coke Media, Saber Interactive, THQ Nordic, all of those are, are Embracer Group. And everybody's like, what are they doing? Why are they doing this? But honestly, like the one thing I haven't heard people say is that like are they just sucking up all of this IP so that they can then license out all of these different IPs to people trying to make a multiverse, like, say, Meta or Epic? Uh, Or they could make their own multiverse with all of these IPs, and, you know, like, they have a big stable of... Even with just the Square Enix purchase alone, Tomb Raider and Deus Ex and so much other stuff that came out from under that it's crazy so yeah weird things about embracer group and square enix as well but uh we'll see what that really ends up meaning uh soon i'm sure just weird to me that they would sell a bunch of studios and then be like yeah we're gonna make new studios and buy some studios doesn't make any sense i mean their stock is like way down too so like Maybe that maybe they're just buying stuff that's worth a damn so they could try and bring the stock price up. Embracer? Yeah. Or Square. Embracer. Oh, well. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Very strange. Um next up, Games Beat Jeff Grubb reporting that Xbox plans to launch a streaming puck and Samsung app in the next year. Basically, they want to sell you a Chromecast or Apple TV that you can play Xbox Cloud Gaming on. Uh, Or they want to put it in an app on your TV, which I think is where everybody assumed this stuff was going. 
Mm-hmm. But I feel like I would probably use it even more if I could just stream it straight to the TV extremely easily. What do you guys think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that I find with, at least with a lot of smart TVs, is like the interface, the GUI is like super cumbersome and, and like crappy and slow. And I feel like that would just somehow translate further to this. The only well, one that works like really well is Stadia. Mm. But I wonder I how much that is maybe integration with like your particular TV if they use an Android backing to kind of. Uh, yeah, I mean, the TV OS. I'm talking about is the Bravia that's downstairs and that definitely mm. uses Android TV. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't have the greatest responsiveness. And like, I remember trying to play, like, pr- trying to just do like the Netflix, like Bandersnatch, like choose your own adventure thing on it and feeling like the control, like, I was hitting the the button like well before the timer was up, but then the timer kept going down even further before like registered that I had pre- like yeah. there was just so much latency. I don't know if that's Netflix's fault or if it's the TV's fault. You know, or I feel like could, there's a that, lot of I different mean, that reasons also, that could be happening, but that could be your internet too. But I don't know. Like, yeah, I, like, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of issues there, but I. It's not like they're not putting they're not putting like a three thousand dollar computer in a television and selling it to you. You know what I mean? Like it, it's not the heaviest amount of hardware in there. They just basically just have like a Raspberry Pi running an Android skin. Like, you well, know. And the hope I think of this cloud gaming stuff is that you don't need anything too fancy yeah. for it. So I'd I mean, be very curious about like the an Xbox puck. But what are you going to say, Brian? I was just thinking like it. it like you're saying, basically, it shouldn't require that much computing power to be running these interfaces and stuff. I mean, look at what we can get on our phones nowadays. They should our be able phone, to integrate the, something. Our phones are more powerful than the computer in these televisions, though. Yeah, but we don't need that much more. going on in the TV. I suppose. Yeah. I just I feel like in order to keep the price of the TVs down, which is what they really try to do, at least in some cases, not all cases, but they're not going to put the most extensive brand new Snapdragon like, you know, processor in it and they're not going to give it, you know, 8 gigs of RAM or whatever. It's going to be some t- 2 gigs of RAM and the oldest Snapdragon that's still manufactured in mass Well, produce. and I guess I guess maybe what I'm thinking is maybe because you're using like if you're trying to play Bandersnatch, you're using literally like your remote designed to work with your TV, not something that's like meant to communicate to the cloud or interface in that way. So maybe that's why like the input lag, input lag doesn't really matter that much if you're putting in numbers to go to a channel on a TV, right? Sure, mm-hmm. but beyond beyond that, beyond the input lag even, just like navigating the menus on the TV and I, I attribute this mainly to because Android is an open platform you have various bits of hardware that are you know capable of using it but Android itself is not optimized for any of them necessarily it's not un- until Google comes out with like a pixel TV yeah and like you literally yeah. have like you know the Pixel television, the Pixel 4K. That's that's what it's going to be called, probably. 8K, 8, 8K or whatever, 10K. <laughs> who knows? But 
until they have that and you get you get the vanilla Android experience on your television, I don't feel like you're going to have like a nice clean version of Android TV running on any of them. It just well, doesn't. The good, the good news is here that if they launch this puck, you can probably buy like a fifty to a hundred dollars sized little set top box that directly yeah, Bluetooth it, to your Xbox controller and works a lot faster. I, yeah, I was mainly speaking towards like them putting an app on the TV. Yeah. I mean, like, even, the, even the puck my... is a different story. The puck's going to have its own like internet access and everything probably just to minimize yeah. latency. You know, it's not going to run through the TV's internet. It, you know, it'll probably have its own Wi-Fi connection or you can probably hardwire it, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think... Like I just I just don't think the Android experience is optimized for televisions yet because I I feel like just navigating the menus on my TV is is like very slow and bad. I do feel like TVs kind of get the worst of it. Like even after a couple of years, it feels like everything kind of comes to a slog. Regardless of like I've got one of the not top of the line, but like a high end LG OLED TV and. Even those interfaces, I feel like, start to feel old after some time. And I usually don't use them because I have an Apple TV or Brian's got a Roku. Or, yeah. You know, so Yeah, I get what you're saying. I have a Roku specifically because I didn't like using the Samsung interface with the crappy remote that it had. Yep. And actually yep. didn't like the Apple remote either, so I got the Roku. Yeah. But, well, there you go. Yeah, and I mean... So. I I don't know, man. Like the TV that I have upstairs is also not the greatest interface. It's like, and that's the thing. Like they just need to they need to make the if you're gonna go if you're gonna like push for like home automation and like have computers and everything that that are like listening and doing all this crap like in the background, like make them work better in general, like. <laughs> Because they're not, they want it's to. not good, man. It's like, like you said, that they they want to keep those prices down as much as they can because they'll sell more of them that way, right? But then they also start to feel old as they keep updating it with new features. So it's kind of like, yeah. I haven't really messed with the, uh, was it WebOS for LG? Yeah. So yeah, I, they, I haven't really messed with it. Is it any good in comparison? It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like I've never had any major complaints about it, but it's, you know, it still feels sluggish compared to literally any of the other four devices connected to my TV. Hmm. So, you know, I think um it's not my preference, but it, it works okay. I know they just released a Stadia app for it not too long ago, but I haven't tried to play anything Stadia through it. So maybe I should do that sometime. I can break out my Founders Edition kit that I have not used in a long time. So anyway, I'm curious to see when this comes out, if they're going to do any sort of... um, Will they offer a subscription to people who just want the cloud stuff and not PC and Xbox Game Pass and also Games with Gold or any of that stuff that comes with like the Ultimate? Yeah. Uh, if they get in there with like a five to ten dollar subscription per month just for the cloud stuff, I think that'd be very interesting. So, speaking of Xbox, Bethesda tweeted out this week, this past week, uh, that both Redfall and Starfield, which were slated for later this year, have been delayed until the first half of 2023. 
Uh, Arcane Austin was working on Redfall, and Bethesda Game Studios proper was working on Starfield. And uh, they said that they uh, have incredible ambitions for their games, and we want to ensure that you receive the best, most polished versions of them. We want to thank everyone for their excitement for Redfall and Starfield. That energy is a huge part of what inspires us all every day, inspires us every day, and drives our own excitement for what we are creating. Uh, we can't wait to share our first deep dive into the gameplay for both Redfall and Starfield soon. Thank you very, uh, thank you for your support. <sighs> I was thinking we would see a lot of Starfield stuff at Xbox's fake E3, which is next month. June sometime. Uh, if I had a podcast about video games, I might know the date for when that's happening. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this is a bummer. I'm not super surprised. And there were a lot of comments out there that the people working on Starfield were like, I think we're maybe headed into another cyberpunk situation if this game comes out on 11 11 like uh, June, June 12th is the showcase. Okay, June twelfth for Xbox uh, Game Showcase, which I assume will include some of each of these games. But now I'm questioning how much. Um, but yeah, this is what I alluded to earlier, in that Elden Ring doesn't have a ton of competition this year. Um, Brian, are you particularly disappointed that these games aren't going to make their previous release dates? Um, disappointed, yes. Surprised, no. Yeah. I honestly, I don't know what else there is, like you said, to look forward to this year. I feel like we got, like, a bunch of awesome games early on. I mean, it wasn't just uh, Horizon and Elden Ring. Uh, Elden Ring. Tunic came out around the same time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, like, what else is there now? Like... Yeah, going to be summer. Nothing comes out in the summer, basically, other than news about games that are coming out next year <laughs> or four years from now. <laughs> yeah, I will say that uh, this spurred a lot of really hilarious comments, this announcement, and uh, I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to look real quick here and try and see what else is going to be coming out this year in terms of any big releases. Um, Diablo Immortal on iOS and Android. Come on, guys. Hey, it's sure. free. I'll give it a try. June 2nd. Yeah. Um, Mario Strikers. The Quarry. Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming in July. Not that a game that we would play too much. Um there is a new Saints Row coming in August still, okay. potentially. Yeah, I will definitely play that. From Deep Silver uh, and Volition of the Embracer Group fame. Splatoon I... 3 coming in September, um, mm. which I would like to dive into a little bit. Gotham Knights, I believe, is still planning to be out this year. And Forspoken. Sons of the Forest, very much looking forward to that, if it yeah, actually but, comes out. Other than that, uh, there might be a bunch of stuff that doesn't have specific dates attached to it here. And this is a very long list of different things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not a ton. God of War got pushed from its 2022. I don't think it's actually 2022 at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still says 2022. 
on the Wikipedia, at least. Um, so who knows? But I would think we would be hearing more about it if that were true. Uh, so. Yeah. Bummer about Starfield and Redfall, but uh, hopefully that means they will be uh, better for it. Um, John, you posted this one about Funcom hiring for a Dune next-gen open-world survival game. Yeah, they're hiring a lot of people. They have a lot of open positions right now. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like it was uh, announced last year. This is different from... um, Dune Spice Wars, I believe, right? Yes. Or is that the same? Okay, yeah, no, that's a different... Yeah, so Dune Spice Wars is out in early access right now. I've seen some people mm-hmm. playing it, um, and I, I feel like it would be fun to give that a try after recently reading uh, Dune and seeing Dune. Yeah, it doesn't have the multiplayer yet, and I think I'm going to wait until that is implemented. That's. I mean, I feel like I would have more fun with it not being multiplayer because it's just <laughs> hard to actually coordinate a bunch of people together, and I don't need true people making shady deals, uh, making the spice flow everywhere but my own <laughs> kingdom. So <laughs> around your kingdom, yeah, around or under, underneath. yeah. So, uh, no, but a. a Honestly, like you say, open world survival game to me, I kind of don't care. But the fact that it's got Dune connected to it, I'm kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe I can uh, take some missions from good old Timmy Chalamet and uh, bring the Fremen to the to victory on on the planet of Arrakis. That sounds pretty sweet. Yeah, so. I mean, I'm always curious about survival games anyways, just because, like, is it going to be one where I have to, like, drink water and eat food? And, like, I hate that mechanic. Like, just let no. me let me build shit and do cool stuff. Like, I don't need to, like, feed myself and no, go to the bathroom. To, you need to make sure that your still suit is properly secured so that you don't have to drink water. Maybe you'd get some satisfaction eating a bunch of digitized junk food in a survival game now i don't think so it just make me want actual junk food that's fair but yeah no that that sounds cool i have to keep an eye on it uh because that would be fun this is from the people who made conan exiles previously Mm. which i i think i remember hearing people enjoyed another survival type game um based on conan yeah i know some people that enjoy that i didn't really get into it yeah conan the librarian oh funcom is making spice wars but this is a separate dune property that they're hiring for so that yeah that's awesome very cool i'm down for more dune stuff uh finally in the news we had some uh there's a big announcement today with the all-new playstation plus game lineup these are the. This is the first glimpse at video games that are going to be included in the new PlayStation Plus uh, subscription plans. So I believe in the upper two tiers, you get a bunch of PS4 and 5 games that include games such as Bloodborne, Days Gone, Death Stranding, Director's Cut, Demon Souls, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Director's Cut, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, not forbidden west both of the marvel spider-man games from insomnia well don't skip over infamous second son that's one of the greatest infamous, games ever made 
First Light and Second Son, of course, from Sucker Punch, PS4 games. Uh, Returnal, I think, is the newest PS5 game included on here. Oh. And then hmm. uh, you also have access to Shadow of the Colossus Remake, uh, The Last of Us, uh, only Last of Us 1 remastered, Until Dawn, and all of the Uncharted games, uh, except for the Vita one, of course. Um, and then there's a few third-party games as well. Assassin's Creed Valhalla is a big one that's on there. You got Far Cry 4, so there are two Far Cries behind. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. The Outer Wilds. Red Dead Redemption 2 is pretty big. Um, so that's a bunch of a, a bunch of stuff here. Let me see real quick. These three stars is making me think you might need a Ubisoft Plus account. Oh, that's complicated. Uh, it says, this title is available to PlayStation Plus Extra members as a part of Ubisoft Plus Classics. Access to Ubisoft Plus Classics games is a benefit for PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium subscri- uh, members. <laughs> so I don't know if that means you need to have Ubisoft Plus or not, but I assume it does. So any of those games I just said that were Ubisoft, maybe they're not included in the standard subscription. So that speaks to part of the problem in terms of <laughs> this. I, I thought it was saying you get access to Ubisoft Plus Classics by having PlayStation Extra or whatever. That would be great, but that is very optimistic, I think, in my reading. So, Yeah, this anyway. is all just needlessly complicated, in it's my opinion. It's extremely complicated. So... Also, this is a selection of the games. This is not everything that there's going to be available, but this is somewhat of the selection that they said is going to be available. Um, so that's all the stuff that you get in the upper two categories. And then in the highest category, they have the Classic Games Catalog, which includes uh, PlayStation 1, 2, and 3 games uh, for people to play, and some PSP games as well. Some, it says here, some remastered classics from previous console generations will be added. Uh, Below is an early look at a selection of games that will be available. In terms of PlayStation and PSP, you've got games such as Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, Jumping Flash, Siphon Filter, uh, and then from some third parties, you get Two Worms games, Tekken 2 and Mr. Driller. And then uh, some of the remasters that are included, which are basically PS... They're available on PS4 games. They've got Ape Escape 2, Ark the Lad, Dark Cloud 1 and 2, which are awesome games. Uh, Jack, Some of the Jack games, Jack and Daxter games. Wild Arms 3. Uh, and they're also including Bioshock Remastered, Borderlands Handsome Collection, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. Um, so those are all downloadable PlayStation 1 and 2 and 3-ish games and then finally here they've got ps3 games that will be available via streaming you can play demon souls eco infamous one and two infamous festival festival of blood uh several ratchet and clank games that came out on ps3 tokyo jungle which i know is one that a lot of people really enjoyed it was a weird game and then third party wise they have ashura's wrath castlevania lords of shadow 2 but not one (laughs) <laughs> Double May Cry HD Collection, uh, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare, but maybe not Red Dead? So, that's the bulk of the games that they're going to offer. They also are saying that they're going to have time-limited game trials like we've talked about in the previous episode. Companies are being required to implement these in some of their games. 
Uncharted Legacy of Thieves and Horizon Forbidden West will have trials from PlayStation Studios, and then third-party partners are going to bring Cyberpunk 2077, Farming Simulator 22, Tiny Tino's Wonderland, and WWE 2K22. You're going to be able to try those wow. if you pay for the most expensive version of the PlayStation Six games. So, that's coming June 13th to North and South America. It'll be out in Asia and Japan earlier. Uh, How does it affect my current versions. subscription? That's what I was wondering. Oh, God. That's a flowchart that they put out like a month ago. Ugh. Let me see if I can find that. I think you only you will get the base level if you with your yeah. current PlayStation Plus, which is basically just PlayStation Plus. But how much it's are they the going to screw us if we want to upgrade? And, or is there some sort of conversion thing like they did for Xbox? Like no, Ultimate? they would never be as generous as Microsoft was. Uh, let's see what I can find here. PS Plus tier conversion rates explained. Those are voucher codes. Yeah, so this is how complicated it is. If you have a... One month PS Plus voucher, it will be converted into 31 days of PS Plus Essential, 20 days of PS Plus Extra, or 17 days of PS Plus Premium. There's also PlayStation Now vouchers. So yeah, I think you are just going, unless, if you have both PlayStation Now and Plus, then you are getting converted into the most expensive tier of, of the new subscription. You're going to get the premium, PS Plus premium, if you have both an active PlayStation Now and Plus subscription. Hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to give you straight PlayStation Plus, uh, the, the essential tier. Yeah, it just doesn't seem worth it. It's kind of a mess, and that's the thing. Like this, So this is a super solid list of PS4 and PS5 games. I'll tell you that. If you have not had a PlayStation since the Xbox 360 came out, <laughs> and then you buy a PS5, and you can play Bloodborne and Death Stranding and Demon Souls and Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, the infamous game, like, both Spider-Men, that's a really, really great value proposition for people that are not like us. So... The problem is they can't really message it by being like, well, if you if you got one of these cards in the box with your PlayStation 4, then I'll give you four days. You get 37 hours of PlayStation Extra. <laughs> <laughs> like, I shouldn't need exchange rates for redemption codes. Yeah. That's certainly the place where Microsoft got it right. They're it like, should, I don't yeah, know, it man. We're going to give you seven years of Game Pass because you had... A seven seven day trial card in your Mass Effect two that you bought in two thousand. I think it's just a flex. They're just like, look how much money we have. We're just going to give you the shit for free, one to one. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't think it's a flex. I think it was literally like we just want people on our service, and you'll keep paying us for this. And they were right. Yeah, absolutely. I have. I've the, continued to pay them for I, it. I'm pretty the sure I'm still thing, paying for it, and I don't think I've used it in two years. <laughs> the best thing about the Xbox service is you get a bunch of brand new games when they launch. Yeah, like, that's true. And this does not offer that. There's well, just... that's that's the good news is that like we probably don't need to pay for this. Yeah, oh, man, I mean. Um, at the yeah. same time, though, like maybe it would be worth 
me trading 30 days into 21 days so I could play uh, the rest of Ghost of Tsushima and uh, Miles Morales and or something. I don't I mean, know. They but the rest of those games, because I've had PlayStation Plus for so long, I have most of the games on that list because mm-hmm. they gave them away at one point or another. They did also say that some of the PlayStation 1 and 2 remaster games... Or no, not the remasters. But if you own some of the PlayStation 1 games, they may just be playable to you through your ownership of them on previous consoles as well. So, Okay. It sounds like they may offer some of these retro games available for purchase, even though, like, even if you don't have the subscription, but it's a very strange line to draw. And, like, I don't know. I'm interested because it's cool that they're going to start having this library of games that you can play that were on Sony 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 uh consoles but it's I don't know it's it's very weird like I think it's a really good value proposition but it's not the same value proposition that Game Pass is it's like you like you said Brian it's not day and date new releases um but at the same time, if they're like, hey, Gran Turismo 7, two-hour trial's out. Like Nick was saying last week, if they put out a two-hour trial of Gran Turismo 7 and I really enjoyed myself with it, then maybe I would have bought that game instead of just letting it kind of slip by, you know? <laughs> so there could be other PlayStation games that they put out that I might not necessarily care about. Um, but I could try the... Try the trial, and maybe it'd be worth it if I had the deluxe subscription or whatever the fuck it's called. Ascent, no, premium. Premium or deluxe, depending on what region you're in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm very curious about it. I did buy a PlayStation Now subscription for a reduced rate when it was on sale recently, so I will have deluxe for at least like 10 months. Um, hmm. or premium. So I should be able to speak to it on June 13th. But, uh, we'll see. I don't know how much it's going to change, other than there might be some PlayStation 1 and PSP games available. <laughs> yeah, but not even what? the ones anybody wants to play. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, that's a weird list of PlayStation 1 games. I mean, I'm sure there's five people out there that are like, I really want to fucking play Jumping Flash, and I haven't played it in (laughs) 35 years. Never even heard of that game. It was a launch title for PlayStation 1, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a a platformer where you collect stuff and, like, bounce on animals and things, you know? Yeah. But, like, yeah. Uh, But they did say uh, that they are going to allow... There's going to be like save states and you're going to be able to rewind some of the PlayStation 1 and 2 games like you can in some of the modern game collections that they've put out. Nice. Like in the, uh, yeah, like in the Mega Man game collection, basically, or the Castlevania ones. So that'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, in the, in the chat, I remember Ape Escape. Ape Escape is awesome. And the fact that there hasn't been a new Ape Escape. Like especially with the controls, like the because yes. that's what showed off. Like I said in the chat, it's, Ape Escape is what showed off the Dual Shock when it launched. 
Yep. And so that you had Ape Escape and then Metal Gear Solid both were like the two games that like really pushed the DualShock controller to like what it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. And with the new controller with the Dual Sense, like imagine playing an Ape Escape game with the Dual Sense controller and how amazing that would be. Absolutely. All the all the different stuff they would implement that you could use like with the microphone built in where you could probably blow into the microphone and it makes like your your sail bo- boat like move or something like that, you know, like all the gyroscopic motions and everything and the tr- the haptic triggers and everything. Like there's so much they could do with it. And the fact that it's just kind of lied dormant since basically the PSP just blows my mind. I I, sh- I feel why. like they didn't really sell very well. Which is crazy. Maybe not. Maybe it was like really popular in Japan, but not in the U.S. And they're like, eh, whatever. But yeah. Anyway, I think that's it for the news. Yeah. More on the PlayStation subscription next month. And maybe some Evil Dead next time. Yeah, something like that. Who knows? <laughs> Trek, Trek to Yomi came out. It's free on Game Pass. Yes, it is. There's a lot of stuff on Game Pass that I would love to play, like Norco and Citizen Sleeper, I think is the name of another one. I've heard really good. Yeah, that looked a little weird. Trek, Trek to Yomi looks awesome, though. It looks like something Nick would want to play. Yeah. I installed Norco, but I haven't fired it up. Loot River looks really cool. That's another new one. Yeah, yeah, they've they've yeah. got a lot I of do, cool stuff on here. I do want to play more Uid and Chronicle Rising. Uh, Umarangi Generation is one that I bought a long time ago, but have not played. And it's a game. Uh, it's a first-person photography game set in the retro future. Ah, uh, nice. Um, and like I've heard Pokemon Snap. Kind of Pokemon Snap. It looks like Sludge Life. Honestly, is what it reminds me of a lot. Okay. Um, so you know, I, I and yeah, like I said, I've heard really really good things about it. I just really um, want a native Game Pass on the Steam Deck that's easy for me to use so I don't have to do all kinds of, like, back-end bullshit to try and use it through, like, the Linux version of Microsoft Edge. You should... No, you should... I I put Chrome on there, didn't I? I don't remember. Did you? It's supposed to work through Chrome, and, and you should be able to do, the well, the cloud stuff through Chrome. Yeah. So you should give that a shot, maybe. But... Yeah. What are you doing, man? There's all kinds of stuff I want to do on that thing, man. I just don't have time. Yeah. Well, it's portable, so that helps. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, just play it while you're driving, you know? I I mean, isn't that how you're supposed to do it? Yeah. That's Maybe how stay up a little it. later. I, that's hard. I, I'm struggling right now, man. Yeah, I'm really tired today, too. I think the super flower blood moon was keeping my brain stimulated last night or something, and I couldn't fucking sleep. Well, more on that in the uh, <laughs> side quests. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get into Brian's mysticism. Brian's lunar cycle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's the only cycle I have. <laughs> That's what you think. Uh, Josh wants to know what we think about RuneScape. None of us play it. Brian probably played it. Brian, did you play RuneScape? Maybe. Sounds familiar. Yeah, there you go. All right. I didn't play RuneScape. 
at that time. Is it an MMO? I don't know. See, here's the thing. Josh has a computer that has a 1080 in it. A 1080 Ti. The same 1080 Ti that I had, but he plays things like World of Warcraft Classic and uh, RuneScape. He said, maybe I just like it so much now for the nostalgia. That's exactly why you like it so much. <laughs> same reason I want to play Vagrant Story. That's yeah. all. Same reason I played Monster Rancher. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. And I'm I'm sure, you know, I'm sure World of Warcraft Classic or whatever is pretty rad because I remember that being awesome. Uh, so. They're coming out with Wrath of the Lich King again if you want to play that. Don't need to. <laughs> I'm good. I don't I, need any more World of Warcraft. That dominated my life for too long. Yep. I quit after I Burning Crusade. I can't wait until they make World of Warcraft Classic Classic. So, like, they get through Cataclysm on World of Warcraft Classic, and then they have to go back and start it again. Because everybody's like, you've changed it too It's changed too much, man. Yeah, it's true. If they add too many expansions, then I don't understand the point anymore. It's just a never-ending cycle of classics all the way down to, like, World of, War Cla- World of Warcraft Classic 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 Classic. Do you see? Do you keep saying Warcraft, or is it just the way it sounds through the? I keep saying Discord, okay, because of another topic. (laughs) Don't make fun of his accent. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Are you racist, Brian, towards white people such as myself? (laughs) Anyway, never say Warcraft all all you want. Warcraft. How's that? It's better. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> if you want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, Alan K, Dave Steele, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. Today we're going to talk about some Mars Volta maybe and Reggie from Nintendo's book that came out maybe and who knows what else all kinds of good stuff the fact that I didn't get to watch Spider-Man I don't know all kinds of stuff oh come yeah. on it was like it was your idea and you failed <laughs> you said you wouldn't have time for it that was a joke <laughs> anyway anyways We're going to go hash this out (laughs) in the side quest. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your free Amazon Prime subscription to give us some money on Twitch. Or you can just, instead of using the Patreon, pay us on Twitch. It's up to you. I think we get a better payout from Patreon, though. I don't know. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, we do. Anyways. Thanks for joining us this time. Next time, we're going to talk about Evil Dead and some other stuff, probably. More Elden Ring. It'll be an episode of games that all start with the letter E. Mm. Excite Bike. Yeah. Euden <laughs> Chronicle. Yep. I can't think of any other ones. Air I was going to say, yeah, Air Guys. That'd be a good one. <laughs> That's a really good one. Nice. Einhander. There you go. Yeah. Come on, Brian. Nothing. He's got nothing. <laughs>
Elder Scrolls. There you go. Hey, hey, see, there you go. All right. Anyways, that's all. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for joining us in the chat. Peace.